The following message is brought to you by Morgan Hill Bible Church. For all things MHBC, connect with us on social media and check us out online at mhbible.org. Well, good morning, church. How are we doing this morning? Hopefully we're doing well. Good to see you all. Glad to be here with you as we dive in to God's word this morning. I'd invite you to open up your Bibles if you have them to the book of Proverbs. We're gonna be jumping around a lot, but if you wanna keep your finger in Proverbs 30, that's where we're gonna end up landing. Whether you're a parent a grandparent, an older sibling, a cousin, an aunt, an uncle, a teacher, a babysitter, even someone that helps out in our kids' ministry. One of the best parts about spending time with kids is watching them learn how to use words correctly. Uh, Over the years, uh, my wife Laura and I have kept a log of different things our kids have said over the years. Uh, when Micah was about three and a half, we had to take him to the ER because he needed some stitchers. Stitchers? Stitches? See, these words, they're tricky. This is going to apply so much today. We're living it out. <laughs> he needed some stitches. And so we're sitting in the ER, and as we're sitting there, different doctors are walking by, and Micah goes, look, Dad, there's a doctor. Look, there's another doctor. Ooh, look, Dad, that doctor has a telescope. (laughs) So close, so close. Gabriel at one point came to me and said, Dad, guess what juice I'm thinking of? It starts with an E. Starts with an E. So I throw out a couple of like funny guesses and and then finally I'm like, "I, I give up. He goes, orange juice. Why didn't you say that? I'm like, Bud, orange juice doesn't start with an E. He goes, oh, I guess I was just mixed up in my head. (laughs) My daughter Ava asked me one time, dad, is it freaked out or froke out? (laughs) Important things to know. (laughs) The reality is that we're all continuing to learn how to use our words in better ways. Maybe you need to be learning that you don't know as much as you think you do. Uh, A lot of middle schoolers and high schoolers are living this one out. Proverbs 18.2 says, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Maybe you're learning to control your temper. Proverbs 15.1 says that a soft answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger. On and on goes the list. So I'd invite you, uh, put your hand up if you've grown or learned something in how to speak to others this past year. You've grown in how to speak to others. Okay, good, lots of hands. Um, Now, put your hand up if you feel like there's more you could learn about how to use your words better. Okay, yeah, a lot of hands should be up. James 3, 2 says that we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man able to bridle his whole body. In other words, guess what? We're all gonna stumble with what we say. We're all continuing to learn and we're all continuing to grow. 
We're in a series uh, going through the book of Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs is full of wisdom for life. It addresses many different applicable topics. We've already talked about the topics of pride and inheritance. When I think about Proverbs, I think about wisdom and how to use my words. Proverbs has a lot to say about this. In fact, on average, one in every six verses in the book of Proverbs uh, talks about how to use your mouth well. One in six. Now, we're not gonna look at every verse because otherwise we'd be here a while. Um, but if you do want a list, I'm happy to give one to you or I just encourage you, do what I did. I went through in my Bible and circled every verse that talks about how to use your words well in the book of Proverbs. Mark up your Bible. Um, get it using, yeah. The fact that Proverbs talks about this so much points to the importance of the topic. We all understand the power that words can carry, don't we? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not a chance. Proverbs 18.21 actually says something almost exactly to the opposite. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. This points to the broad scope of what the tongue can do. It can be constructive. It can build others up. It can breathe life into them. It can develop and grow relationships around you. It can give you opportunities. Your tongue can speak the gospel to somebody else. It can point somebody else to Jesus. However, the tongue can also be destructive. It can tear others down. It can destroy, damage relationships. It can get yourself in trouble. It can take you places you don't want to go. It can lie and deceive. It can curse and deny God. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And then it says, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Those who love the tongue, those who love speech, those who love communication, those who study it, work on it, are students of it, constantly looking for ways to improve. Now, this even can be in a positive direction or a negative direction. There are plenty of people that study speech and words in an effort to be really good at manipulating others. At an early age, I found out people look up to me, I know, in more ways than one. If you're watching online, I'm six foot nine, okay? That's, that's where that comes from. Um, people look up to me, but, but it was more than just the height thing. People looked up to me, like when I spoke, people listened and did what I said. And I learned from a very early age that there was power in that. And there was something that I had to be really, really careful with. Those who love it will eat its fruits. I recognized I could use my tongue to get people to do what I wanted, to get people to go in a certain direction. And there was real danger around that as well. And so I took time to work on being careful with what I said because I knew that of that power that was there. 
But frankly, with the people around us, we all have that same power. We all have that power to speak life and to speak death. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. So as we're just jumping in here, what kind of fruit do you wanna see in your life? How are you developing your communication to help you get there? What kind of fruit do you want? This morning, we're gonna take an overarching look at three main directives that the book of Proverbs gives us in how to use our words. Now, we've already looked at a few verses and we're gonna look at a lot more. My encouragement for you is to take notes as we go through, write down these references, and then you can go back and look at them later because we're gonna go through a lot of them. And most of what you hear this morning is not gonna be my words, but rather it's gonna be scripture which is what I would want anytime. I promise, Scripture's words are way better than mine. <laughs> we're gonna look at what the Scripture says in different areas. I'm gonna make a few comments, and then we're just gonna keep on moving and looking at more Scripture. But this morning, we're also gonna look at what this means for you in your walk with Jesus. Proverbs is full of dichotomy, full of dichotomy. It shows the negative and the positive, and it's usually used in contrast. Some verses are strictly warnings about not what to do, about what not to do. They're very negative. Uh, and some verses have full, are just full of wisdom. They're very positive. But most have this contrast. Most of these verses have a warning, uh, like a negative and then a positive. And we're gonna see both warnings and wisdom as we go through and look at the scriptures today. This morning, our sermon is titled, Speak Wisdom, Speak Jesus. And if you grab nothing else this morning, grab onto this. Simply having the goal of speaking wisdom and speaking Jesus is a great foundational step in using your words well. We're gonna spend the rest of this morning going into detail as to what this means. So let's dive in. The first thing we can learn from Proverbs about our speech is to speak carefully. Speak carefully. If you like filling in blanks, that's your first blank to fill in. Speak carefully. Be careful with what you say. It, it made pop into to my head, you know, that old song, be careful little lies what you see. There's, there's a verse, be careful little tongue what you say. Be careful little tongue what you say. For the Father up above is looking down with love. Oh, be careful little tongue what you say. Blast from the past for some of you that grew up in church. It was a blast in the past for me too. Like, yeah, so fun. But look at what Proverbs has to say. Proverbs 12, 18. It says, there, are, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Rash words are like sword thrusts. Proverbs 29, 20 says, do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Rash words, hasty words, they cause problems. These verses are pointing to the simple concept of thinking before you speak. And yes, there's a verse for that as well. Proverbs 15, 28 says, the heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. 
The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, stops and thinks, but the, the, the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. Like a flowing river, you don't want evil things flowing out of your mouth, pouring out of your mouth. Think before you speak. In fact, there's many verses that point to the trouble that can be caused by speaking without thinking first. And some focus around specific topics. First, you can wind up in a situation that wouldn't have otherwise existed if you just thought before jumping in. Proverbs 18.6 says, A fool's lips walk into a fight, and his mouth invites a beating. Proverbs 26.17 says, Whoever meddles in a quarrel not his own, meddles in a quarrel not his own, is like one who takes a passing dog by the ears. Don't just be jumping in to an argument. Know what's going on first. And then uh, it also talks about uh, financial situations that you could easily jump into. Proverbs 22, 26 to 27 says, be not one of those who gives pledges, who puts up security for debts. If you have nothing with which to pay, why should your bed be taken from under you? Don't jump in and give these promises when you don't know if there's something behind it. Proverbs 6, 1 to 5 speaks to a similar situation. Don't overpromise. Don't jump in. When I was uh, in middle school, I had just started taking Spanish. So I was like, man, Spanish is cool. I'm enjoying this. And I hear uh, one of my teachers and one of my classmates speaking in Spanish back and forth to each other. And I hear the word corazón, which I know means heart. And I'm like, ooh, I'm going to jump in. And so I jump in and I say, que corazón, which if you know Spanish, it it means what heart? Like I was trying to ask, what about the heart? But actually in like more casual conversation, que corazón means what dear or yes dear. And I'm jumping into this conversation, yes dear. And the two of them just start roaring, laughing. I'm like, I said it right, didn't I? Nope, I did not. <laughs> yes, I got hurt jumping into the conversation, which we all do at times. And so Proverbs is just speaking to, you know what? Just wait a little bit. Don't jump in because you could potentially get hurt. Proverbs also speaks to the fact that when you speak before you think, you can inadvertently hurt people that you care about. Proverbs 11.9 says, with his mouth, the godless man would destroy his neighbor, but by knowledge, the righteous are delivered. Proverbs 26, 18 to 19 says, like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. Yeah, this verse has gotten me many, many times. And I continue to come back to it and continue to learn about it in different ways. Uh, more recently, I, I love telling jokes. I really do. But the problem is now, like, I tell jokes so often that when I start talking about something serious, someone's like, okay, but is this the beginning of a joke? Oops. I need to tell fewer jokes because people are starting to 
not grab on to like when I'm serious. And even just something as simple as that, though like this verse is pointing to so much more depth than that, right? It points out like, hey, I need to stop and I need to think more carefully about what I say. So yes, it's important to speak carefully, to think through what you say. And sometimes it's better just to shut your mouth entirely. Here's a few verses. When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. That was Proverbs 10, 19. Proverbs 13, 3. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his, opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Proverbs 21, 23 says, whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. And Proverbs 29, 11 says, a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. All four of these point to the, the idea to come in with the expectation to listen first, to wait to speak. It'll keep you out of trouble. Now there's a hidden benefit to this as well. Maybe you've heard the saying before, it's better to be silent and thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. I had a, I had a fun uh, hour or so just researching and trying to figure out like where that originally came from. And a lot of people attribute it to Abraham Lincoln or to Mark Twain. It wasn't either of them. No one's really sure where it first came from. But the concept came from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 17, 28. This is one of my favorites. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. Feeling a little unconfident about what you know? Shut your mouth. That's all you gotta do. It's really easy. <laughs> and then everyone's gonna be like, oh, he's so smart. Wow, just look at him over there thinking, I have no idea what anyone's talking about, but I'm just not saying anything. Little just tip for you there. <laughs> so, part of, uh, so part of speaking carefully is thinking before you speak or just not speaking at all. But there's also a time to speak up. There's also a time to use your words for good, to carefully use your words to help others. You can use your words to impart wisdom, to teach others. Proverbs 10.31 says that the mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom. Proverbs 13.14, the teaching of the wise is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. Parents, teachers, mentors, this is what we're called to do, to use our words to impart wisdom. You can also use your words to lift someone's spirit with a kind and timely word of encouragement. Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. A good word. Proverbs 15, 23 says, to make an apt answer is joy to a man. And a word in season, how good it is. I love in both of those, it's, it's the singular, a word in season, a word. 
Now it's talking about just saying something, but it's so simple. Every one of us knows how refreshing it is on a difficult day to hear just a kind word from someone who cares about you. Just one little thing. Never pass up the opportunity to, um, to say something nice to someone else. Never pass up that opportunity. You never know how powerful that one little word might be just to lift someone's spirits, make them smile. Your words can also be used to stand up for the rights of others. Proverbs 31, eight and nine says, open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Yes, we've been talking about speaking carefully, but there are some times where we need to speak up, where we need to say things and care for others well. Now, in all of these situations, imparting wisdom, cheering someone up, standing up for others, the words you choose to speak can have a powerful impact. But again, the weight of the wisdom in Proverbs points to being careful first, being slow to speak, thinking through what you say before you say it. Because there's no way to get the words back once they're out there. Now, this is difficult in our culture. Patient speech, silence. Our culture pushes against this concept. Yeah, was that awkward for you too? Because <laughs> it was awkward for me. <laughs> Our culture expects noise. I mean, think about just being in the coffee shop, right? Like when the music stops, you're like, Whoa, what just happened? Or if there's a lull in the conversation, uh, what am I supposed to say now? Our culture constantly pushes towards noise and that pushes us to just I gotta say something. And so you just start talking without thinking through what's coming out. So this is a difficult thing because our culture pushes towards this noise. But you can see the wisdom here of Proverbs to just be a little patient. Think before you speak. Just take an extra couple of seconds before you open your mouth. Today, Look for opportunities to be silent, to think before you speak, to speak carefully. Now, the second thing we can learn from Proverbs about our speech is to speak honestly. Speak honestly. Proverbs is full of warnings to those who lie. Here are just a few. Proverbs 4.24 says, put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. In Proverbs 6, there's a list of things the Lord hates. One of them, a false witness who breathes out lies. Proverbs 16.28 says, a dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends. 
In Proverbs 19, this verse is actually repeated twice in verse five and verse nine. It says, a false witness will not go unpunished. And he who breathes out lies, in verse five, it says, will not escape. In verse nine, it says, he who breathes out lies will perish. Warnings to those that are speaking lies. Proverbs 21.6 says, the getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and a snare of death. Tons of warnings to those who lie. God calls us to be faithful with our words, to be consistently honest. Proverbs 12.22 says, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. In Proverbs 10.9, it says, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. And in Proverbs 19.1, it says, better a poor person who walks in his integrity than one who is crooked in speech and is a fool. See, integrity is when your words and your actions line up. And this is something I've been taught since I was a little kid. My dad always says, son, your word is your bond. Your word is your bond. And so when you say something, you better be ready to back it up. There's a story about this racquetball player named Ruben Gonzalez, and he was a professional, uh, elite level racquetball player. And he was playing in this match, and it had gotten down to the end. It was a really tight match. And the opponent had the upper advantage. If the opponent won the next point, the match would be over. And so they play back and forth, and the ref says, Ruben, you've won the point. And so now it's tied, and the match continues. But Ruben stops and says, actually, ref, you got the call wrong because I missed. And the other guy wins. And he hands over the match to the other player. When asked about this later, he said, it was the only thing I could do to maintain my integrity. I could always win another match, but I could never regain my lost integrity. Speak honestly. Be someone that speaks with integrity. Part of speaking honestly is simply telling the truth, being a person of integrity. But another part of speaking honestly is speaking what needs to be said because it's right. It's saying the hard things to others with love behind it. Proverbs 25, 12 says, like a gold ring or an ornament of gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. A wise reprover, so someone that's correcting or directing in a different way. Proverbs 27, five to six says, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. If you're a parent, you live this concept daily. Sometimes it's loving to say no. No, you can't eat all that candy right before dinner. No, you can't use the couch next to the coffee table as a trampoline. No, you can't jump off the roof. Now, even though it made my kids sad when I said those things, and yes, I've said all of them, I still said them because I love my kids and I want what's best for them. 
Now, maybe as you're thinking about this, you're starting to squirm in your seat because you know you need to say a hard thing to someone you love. You need to speak honestly, but you've been putting it off because you know what you say could hurt. If you've prayed about it, if you can't shake it, if you would want someone to say the same thing to you where the situation reversed, it's time to speak up. Be sure to be careful, taking the time to think through what you're going to say and how to say it. But it's time to express what you need with love. Now, clearly, the book of Proverbs is full of wisdom in how to use your tongue, in how to speak well, in how to show us the importance of speaking carefully and speaking honestly. And if I ended here, this would give us plenty to work on. However, I could have said everything I just said in a non-church environment, and it would have been received just the same. Because these Proverbs in isolation have wisdom that's helpful to anyone. But there's more to them than just the ability to make a helpful kitchen magnet or a cross-stitch project. When you see these verses in the greater context, everything changes. And we're gonna come back to this greater context in a minute. But what's more is I've pointed to lots of sayings. Excuse me. I've pointed us to lots of sayings that are helpful to live by. But as I pointed out in the beginning, we're imperfect. We can't do this on our own. We can try hard at this, but we're going to fail. So looking at all these verses, as I've been going through this, has been really convicting for me because I continue to realize how short I fall on a regular basis. We need help to be able to use our words in an honoring way. So I know I told you a while ago to flip over to Proverbs 30. This is where we're going right now. Proverbs 30 is towards the end of this book. And any reader would have gone through saying after saying after saying after saying. Challenging thing, difficult thing, thing that you need to be living by. Oh my gosh, I'm failing here, I'm failing here. And look at what the author says in Proverbs 30. The man declares, I am weary, O God. I am weary, O God, and worn out. Surely I am too stupid to be a man. I have not the understanding of a man. I have not learned wisdom, nor have I knowledge of the Holy One. Do you hear the exhaustion? Do you hear the hopelessness? And then he says, Who has ascended to heaven and come down? Who has gathered the wind in his fists? Who has wrapped up the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name and what is his son's name? Surely you know. And then he points to the hope that he has. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Every word of God proves true. 
the author of these words recognizes his place. He recognizes his own frailty and his need to rely on God's strength. Just a couple verses later, he asked God for help in his endeavor to use his words wisely. Proverbs 38, it says, remove far from me falsehood and lying. So yes, walk away this morning with the aim to use your words more wisely, but recognize that you need help to do this. I need help to do this. Your first step towards using your words wisely is simply saying, Lord, help me. The simple cry of Lord, help me is what following Jesus is all about. A life with Jesus begins with you recognizing that living life on your own terms is an empty life, a fruitless life. You recognize your need for God's help and you give your life and your desires over to him. This is the bigger context of these verses in Proverbs. All of scripture is about Jesus and points to him. The Bible isn't a self-help book. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. So the best way to use your words is to point to him. The third thing we can learn from Proverbs about our speech is to speak Jesus. To speak Jesus. Let your words constantly point to him. As I was prepping for this sermon, I noticed something in a verse many of us are very familiar with. Proverbs 3, 6. It says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Did you catch it? In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, in everything you do, it says to acknowledge him. And this word acknowledge, the, the English word acknowledge shortchanges the Hebrew word used here. The Hebrew word is yada. And yada means more of a complete, intimate knowledge of God. It's the difference between knowing your barista or your neighbor versus knowing your best friend or your spouse. You can use the word, I know them, I know them, but there's a different level of knowledge. This is an intimate, relational knowledge of God. So this means recognizing his authority, seeing your need for him, desiring to live in the way that he directs. So when it says to acknowledge him in all your ways, know him in all your ways. Yes, this includes your speech as well. Know him in your speech. All of these words are telling you how God wants you to speak. He's inviting you to speak his way. And this is what I mean when I say, speak Jesus. The deeper you know him, the more your words will point to him. The more you will start to sound like him, the more your words will show off Jesus, regardless of whether you say his name or not. And when you do this, what's the result? What does the proverb say? It says, he will make straight your paths. Your job, my job, is to speak Jesus. 
to know him intimately and live the way that he's directed us, to keep our eyes and our hearts fixed on him as we speak to others. And as we do that, he will take us where we need to go. He will lead us. So as we jump into our week, let us recognize that we are fully reliant on him. That every breath in our lungs is from him. Every breath. Breathe in, breathe out. You're still here because God's doing something in you. Breathe in, breathe out. You're still here because God wants to use you in a powerful and mighty way. Breathe in, breathe out. You're here because someone needs to get to know Jesus through you. So may we use our every breath to point to him. May we honor him with every word. I invite you to pray this prayer from the Psalms along with me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. God, this morning, all I want is for your words to ring true. My words are nothing. My words are filthy garments. Try as I might, I know I fail. But it's your breath in my lungs. So Lord, help me today to just pour out my praise. Help the words that I say point to you, to give you credit, to give you honor, glory. That's where everything needs to go. That's where the focus needs to go. That's what I want. It's not about me. It's about you. So Jesus, today, help us to speak wisdom, but help us to speak you. Help our words to point to you in everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening. Continue the conversation with us on social media. Never miss a message and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.